What's up, OBGYN? Happy Wellness Wednesday. We are here this week with Dr. Eric Strand, who is the residency director. And really the main focus of this podcast is how the residents have really adjusted so well to this new rhythm that we're finding ourselves in. And when I asked Dr. Strand about what he's been most impressed about in terms of leadership, and there's so many things to say within our department about that, his first answer all came back to how amazing the residents are doing with all of this. And so just knowing a shout out to the residents, to the fellows, to everyone who's had to adjust. Um, and that goes from the staff all up to any level of our department. Um, it really is becoming so apparent that our department is working together really well to get through this ordeal together. And I think that um, this podcast. Hopefully you'll enjoy hearing a little bit more about Dr. Strand. He talks about his um, love for sports, which is changing a little bit in these days. Um, talks a little bit about his family. He has a senior in high school who, um, one of his four kids, um, is a senior in high school. So, um, and a little bit more on what's happening with the residency graduation and things like that, that we may be wondering about. Um, please don't mind, um, my dog Mabel piped in a few times with some barks and our technical issues aren't um, always the best, but hopefully you're enjoying just some of these conversations. Uh, again, hope you're doing great and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, Andrea? Eric? Hello. How's it going? Well, I'm two meetings down and two meetings to go, so. <laughs> All right. And this is sandwiched in between. Just a little friendly discussion, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, Eric, it's April 11th. It's Saturday, and you are two weeks or so into all of this and um, catch us up into how you've been doing just both in your family life as well as residency and the generalist division you have a lot of you're wearing a lot of hats right now we'd love to hear how things are going yeah no it has um it has definitely been a bit of a challenge for sure i think that the two biggest things that i needed to tackle um as things you know started going in the direction they've gone into um, you know, for the generalist division, uh, we really needed to create a, a schedule that allowed the patients who need to be seen uh, an opportunity to be seen, but then hopefully, you know, a whole new infrastructure for telehealth visits, either phone or video for patients who need a contact with a provider, but may not necessarily uh, need to take the risk of coming into the hospital or coming into the clinic. So, um we also wanted to balance that with with hopefully limiting risks for our providers. So um, the schedule we ended up creating uh, was a, a hybrid re really where we have half our staff working in the office um, at any one time and then the other staff working at home doing distance visits uh, and other you know, educational and administrative things. We try to do something very similar for the residents. Um, they have a whole lot of other things that, that obviously we need to be concerned about in terms of their education. Um, a lot of services really aren't doing as many things in terms of surgery or other procedures as they 
were before the pandemic hit. Uh, and so uh, we've also tried to get them onto some sort of platooning schedule where essentially we have a core group working in the hospitals and the clinics for a two-week stretch while we have the other half of the residents at home um, working on a variety of distance learning opportunities, remote learning, Zoom meetings, uh, as well as in patient endeavors, uh, such as patient phone calls for, for similar things like we're doing in the generalist division. So um, getting those schedules aligned uh, and pulled off was definitely uh, definitely like a Gordian knot, I would say, <laughs> to, to make it all fit together. Uh, but I, I feel like now a few weeks in, we actually have a little bit of a rhythm. And so that, uh, that is nice. We have our residents who will be swapping this Monday. So the at work team will be coming to home and then the at home team will be, will be coming into the hospital and the clinics. So this is the first of the two weeks where you're, we're going to have the swap. That's correct. Nice. And how do you feel like, um, what is your sense from, kind of the people have been in the hospital working the in-house team as they switch out to at home. Are they ready? Are they feeling ready to go home? I think, I think they would <laughs> definitely say that they're ready. Um, yeah. You know, I think that we, oh, uh, you know, what the home team allows us to have is a little bit of bandwidth so that we can pull people in in yeah. case people either get sick or get furloughed because of an exposure um, and so we have already had to do that a little bit. Um, okay. And so that that has given us a little bit of a wiggle room there. But we intentionally made those two weeks in the hospital relatively time intensive because we wanted, again, to try to limit the number of people who were coming to the hospital. Um, so they work, you know, through the week and then a fair amount of the weekend as well. Um, to avoid bringing the people in from home to cover weekend shifts. So uh, I think they're all, uh, they're all ready uh, for a little bit of a, a deep breath and a break uh, come, come Monday. Do, yeah. do, you have, do you have a sense of what the home crew is? Are they kind of anxious? Are they kind of, is it kind of a mix of emotions for them too, kind of coming back into the hospital? Do you have a sense of what their, their uh, readiness is? Yeah, you know, I think that they, um, you know, they've been living sort of only via story for the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think, you know, we're at a point where things are changing each day. Uh, and so, uh, you know, even though we're planning for how to cover our service uh, at the same time, we're also planning from a hospital standpoint to say, okay, well, as we get more patients who are admitted with COVID or admitted with potential COVID, um, you know, what would happen if we had to pull our residents to cover other services? Um, and so I think everybody has a little bit of anxiety about that just because we, we don't know if and when that call would come. Um, and I think, you know, we are an OBGYN training program. So, uh, you know, we're very comfortable managing hysterectomies and labor and delivery. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not necessarily as comfortable staffing the medicine floor, the ICUs. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that sort of unknown is probably one of the most stressful things for people who are out there. Uh, I feel like the distance learning has actually gone great. So we have a, a series of sessions that are mentored by faculty 
that the residents have really enjoyed putting together. Uh, and the quality of that has been has been really great so far. So I think they've enjoyed the opportunity to, to learn in smaller groups, uh, which we don't have as much of a chance to do uh, when we're going full speed. Yeah, that's a great point. I wonder, do you have a sense yet? I know it's really early and we're still, we still have a few weeks and possibly months to go with this, but anything that's working so well that you would want to continue? It may, it may be too early to say, but I've already latched on to how we should do more telemedicine in general. Um, I'm so excited about that option. And we don't do that normally. And it's actually been very useful. Yeah, I think, you know, from a general standpoint, I have been interested to see how the telehealth visits have evolved. Um, you know, obviously, there are certain things that you have to be able to see and examine a patient for. Um, but there are certainly other consultative type visits that, that wouldn't necessarily require somebody coming to the hospital. Um, and as I mentioned with the residents, I think this, this idea of small group learning uh, and when really they're directing a lot of the learning in terms of, you know, we give them resources, they can, can you know, work on particular topics that are of interest to them or topics that we've identified as, as maybe a little bit of a weakness in our program. Um, and they have really, really tackled that and done a great job. So I think, uh, you know, thinking about ways that we can better incorporate that when we're, when we're back to our typical state, I think is, is going to be key. Uh, you know, the, the, the days of, I think the PowerPoint for all 36 of them, yeah. uh, <laughs> probably go by the wayside. It's like music to Kenan's ears. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Microsoft, the Microsoft PowerPoint team might be a little anxious right now. <laughs> although I'm sure they'll evolve. Eric, what's, have you, do you know anything about kind of what, how the residents are communicating with each other and continuing to bond with each other? Do you have any stories to share or anything? I think we're going to talk to some of the residents on this in the future, but we'll definitely ask them, but do you have any kind of stories of what they're doing? Yeah. So, you know, it's been really great to, to see them and their level of support for each other. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, when we had to, to furlough a couple people um, these first few weeks, you know, the other people jumped right in with, with nary a, a question or a bat of an eye. Um, the hospital is actually running quite a few uh, opportunities for people to be recognized for their work. Um, I know that even within mm -hmm. the department, um, we're working on Twitter feeds and things where people can, um, you know, give a shout out to somebody that they worked with, that they appreciated. Um, and even just personal emails that I've received from different residents to really, um, you know, highlight something that one of their colleagues did. Uh, either in the at-home group or at the work group has been really, really nice uh, to see them coming together. Uh, we have a, a meeting once a week um, with the whole group to sort of review how things are going both in the hospital and distance learning and, and to provide, as, as you can imagine, any number of updates that are coming fast and furiously from the hospital. Um, and then I know, too, that they have you know, a variety of smaller text groups and, and individual groups between their classes or uh, amongst classes where uh, they're also trying to, to stay, you know, closely knit if they can. That's, that's do great. You, 
do you, Eric, I'm curious, those meetings, you said you have meetings every like weekly with the entire residency group. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And is that agenda? Just, I, I always get, I'm always fascinated by meeting logistics and how people organize the meetings. Um, do you just have an agenda that starts? Uh, is there kind of like, is it just kind of a open mic, so to speak? Anyone has an issue is brought up or do you collect agenda items before? Just curious how yes. you uh, run that. Yeah. So I'll, you know, ask for certain agenda items and then there are, um, there are certainly things that sort of always stay on there. So things like clinical updates, you know, pathways and protocols for, you know, how are we screening patients when they hit the hospital? How are we going to manage them if they're in a COVID unit or on labor and delivery? Um, when are the SIMs happening to sort of make sure that everybody understands the personal protective equipment that they need to have if they're going in to see a particular type of patient. So those things sort of have a standing spot on there. Um, and then as you can imagine, since all this distance learning is really new, um, we've spent a fair amount of time talking about how to, how to tweak that, how to better organize it, how to you know, make it uh, as efficient and useful for the residents as we can. Um, and so I think that's one of the always been one of the challenges is to, you know, you roll something out and, and make sure that people understand that, look, this isn't, this isn't the final version. It's the first time, obviously we've ever done something like this. So right. uh, we really do want people's feedback because we want to make it, make it worth your while. Um, and then also try to just leave some open mic time, as you described, just for people to bring up, you know, other questions or concerns that they may have that maybe didn't make it onto the agenda um, you know, sometimes those turn into, again, you know, opportunities to shout out to a particular resident or group of residents for, for something that they, they've done really well. Cool. Is it, too, is it too early to ask about thoughts on graduation? I just, I'm feeling for the chiefs who are getting ready to be done with residency and this may be the way they go out, which is, you know, just like any, the senior class or, um, you know, all of these different classes that aren't going to get their typical send off. Um, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking about this this week and actually talking to the, the site, you know, where we have graduation scheduled. Um, and it's a little bit up in the air. I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the great things that we've, I think, are seeing in, in Missouri is that we have been able to, um, to flatten the curve, so to speak. But I think, uh, you know, the, the consequence of that is that typically when you flatten it, you extend it a bit. Um, and so while we're very fortunate that we haven't to this point felt like the hospital is completely overrun and running out of equipment like you hear in, in other cities, um, you know, that success probably then translates into uh, a longer duration that we have to, to operate under under these circumstances. And so I think, um, you know, we're, we're sort of planning to, to continue our current processes at least through mid-May. Um, and so then you look at graduation and even orientation for the new interns right. coming in, right. you know, happening at, at the beginning to the middle of June. Um, you know, I, I would say everybody has a little bit of trepidation about whether or not all of that is going to come to pass like it has in years past. Um, but I think, you know, we still are holding out a little bit of hope that, that we'll be able to, you know, to organize something for them, even if it doesn't look exactly the same. Are you getting a lot of 
communication from the incoming intern class or is everyone just kind of like, hey, we get, you know, not really, is it more so than you would for this time of year? Is it less? Is it about the same? Yeah, you know, actually, we haven't heard a lot from them apart from just, you know, right after match day. Um, we are actually going to set up a, a virtual meeting with them um, and our current intern class just to, you know, get some introductions. And also, I think just to check in and see how they're they're doing. I'm certain for all of them, um, you know, they're dealing with the same thing our fourth year medical students are dealing with, right. which is, you know, all of a sudden I've lost all my rotations and my capstone course, you know, is either online or went away. And um, they're also, I think, struggling with, you know, now I'm sure their med school graduation is probably not right. going to transpire in the way that they thought it was. So, um, you know, I think they've, they've got a lot of, of personal things that they're dealing with for their current, you know, med school career, uh, which I'm guessing is, is maybe um, making them a little bit less um, looking forward about like what might be happening once they start intern year. Yeah. So many shifts. Uh, how are you doing as far as, well, I know the residents are doing great with all these wellness resources and putting them out. And um, I, we always wonder about how the faculty are doing too. So how are you doing personally and sort of in your home life? And you also have a physician spouse who's probably right in the thick of it as well. How are you guys doing? Yeah. So, you know, it has been, um, I mean, I have to say it has been, it has been okay. Uh, you know, probably the most stressful piece is making sure that the people uh, who are at home distance learning in terms of our kids are actually distance learning. <laughs> uh, it's a little hard to police when you're at work all day. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we have a, an, our oldest is a sophomore at Rice, and so he's home. Um, and his setup is pretty good. Um, I feel like he has a pretty good schedule in terms of what they have been providing to him turning everything into online courses. Um, we have a, a senior in high school who I feel like was pretty much on autopilot wanting to graduate and be done anyway. <laughs> so he, he, his, uh, his level of investment was probably going to be a little questionable whether or not he was in school or not. Um, and then, you know, our, our younger two who are sophomore in seventh grade, I, I think, um, you know, I, I feel honestly for the teachers and, and um, you know, how they are trying to put all of this stuff together on very short notice, much like, much like yeah. we were for the residents. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's a, obviously much easier for me dealing with people who are 28 years old um, than trying to make a, a curriculum that a 13 year old uh, is going <laughs> to actually log into and participate in. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that piece has been uh, has been a bit of a challenge. Um, and I think too, I think, you That's know, honestly for up. me, uh, I, and I think my wife, the most stressful thing is, you know, the hospital decisions some come so quickly um, and recommendations and protocols change so rapidly um, that it is definitely a challenge, you know, trying to get all those things communicated to people at the same time you're, you know, trying to manage your house. At the same time, you're trying to see patients in the office. Um, you know, all of those things 
uh, require time and uh, you know you want everybody to have the most up-to-date information so trying to figure out a, a way to squirrel away time to, to make sure all the people who need to be in the loop or in the loop is is definitely challenging and can be stressful what do you guys do you and Maria are a pretty good team um, running your household and then also just you know being together in times of stress what what are you doing to relieve stress in this time? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, for the kids, it's been kind of nice. I mean, the weather's been pretty nice. And so we will, you know, frequently go for walks as a family. Um, afterwards, you know, take the dogs to a little area they can go run in. Um, actually, my, my sophomore son um, became quite a, a workout fiend apparently in college and so <laughs> now that he is home uh maria and myself and, and he have restarted p90x so, oh my gosh yes, i am <laughs> eagerly uh awaiting that in 12 weeks i'll be in the best shape of my life <laughs> all these people coming out of the uh social distancing are gonna have bad haircuts and hard bodies <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is exactly right. Yeah, there have been many discussions about what are we going to do with people's hair? Um, do you or do you not trust dad to cut it? Um, which so far the answer has been a definite no, but I feel as we go further on, uh, that, might, that might potentially change. Do your kids have long, the longest hair they've ever had at this point? Oh, no. Our... Uh, Two of our kids in particular went through a very long and froofy hair stage um, <laughs> where they were. I mean, my God, I look back at pictures of them now, and I think they look back at pictures of them now, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, they're all, they're all a little bit more cracked now. But, um, but, yeah, I guess they could get back to those days. I don't know that they would want to, but they could do it if they had to. <laughs> So exercise is part of kind of your wellness routine. Is there anything else you guys are doing? Uh, any like movies or any kind of other media consumption that you guys are doing together or finding kind of a new uh, enjoyment in? Yeah, you know, I would say um, it's a little bit different. Like Mari is a big reader. Um, and so we had been part of a book club uh, that we're still trying to continue on Um even though we'll be we'll be meeting remotely, um, the kids uh, and I would say I are a little bit more um, like we're a little bit more prone to binge watch something um, than than she is. So I'm trying. Uh, I just actually personally started watching The Americans. Um, oh yeah from FX. And so uh, I'm trying to get one of my older boys to at least latch on to that, so we can we can watch that together um nice. maria started a big puzzle which i'm not a huge puzzle person which <laughs> yeah. apparently we've been married we've been married like, 20 are we years talking like thousand pieces? You, you uncover these sorts of uh, little tidbits about your spouse but uh, i thought that was very she, interesting uh, to learn that you don't like puzzles I yeah to i don't that know they're maria. just uh yeah they're um i don't know I need I need I need a, a quicker satisfaction I think than the puzzle. <laughs> is the is it like a thousand piece puzzle or something? It's like one of oh, it's like a, it's like it's like a crazy puzzle. So it's a thousand pieces, and you don't actually know what you're building, 
So the picture on the front of the box is it's like of a road race and there's a person circled and the puzzle is the picture of their perspective. Oh, wow. So you don't even like have the picture on the front of the box to show you what you want to be building. You have to sort of imagine this person's perspective and then build the puzzle based on that. So there was zero chance I was getting into that. (laughs) That is fascinating though. I would like that. I think I would like to do that kind of puzzle. That's interesting. All right. Well, we will, uh, once we're completed, we'll we'll drop it off on your doorstep. Okay, thank you. distance and you can have at it. That's right. Oh, wow. Um, And how's the feel in your division? So you're also, you know, division head of of the generalist division. And um, you mentioned that the the schedules change and everything like that. But how are you guys staying together as a division and still having good contact? Yeah, you know, so we had we had our first uh, remote happy hour last night, as a matter Mm -hmm. of fact. Um, which was great because I, you know, I told them again, we, so we meet weekly, um, you know, remotely with our whole staff to talk about, um, you know, to talk about things, uh, both from a patient flow standpoint and, you know, because we have so many people working remotely, uh, to sort of get a sense of, you know, what are they hearing from the patients and what are they needing and do we have enough, you know, offices open and, things of that sort. But, you know, as I told them, like, I miss, honestly, I miss seeing them on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Uh, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I work with a group of people um, who I genuinely like. And, and so it is, uh, you know, it's very energizing to see them every day and, you know, kind of catch up with them about how they're doing and how their families are and, and so I, I miss that that interaction. I mean, I think when we're in the office, you know, it's everybody is spread out. You don't see people nearly as often, um, and there just aren't as many people there. So I think uh, we're definitely going to try to to have not just those business sort of distance learning meetings, but but the social meetings uh, to the best that we can as yeah. well. It's it is a good realization, right? Where you realize your work family like really is your family too, and and now that they're not really part of social distancing. Although I have noticed one funny thing is like when I am, when I am in, I've been doing a lot from home as well, but coming in for a case or I'm going to go inpatient this week. It's like, we all feel okay being close to each other. Almost. I I wonder if that's okay. Like I've been struggling with is, are we too close (laughs) to each other when we're at work? Like, shouldn't we still be distancing? And I'm struggling with that. (laughs) Like I know we're all kind of exposed, but probably in different ways. And anyway, no, I mean, I think it's it's really true. I mean, we had a, a long conversation this week about um, how do people operate on labor yeah, and delivery yeah. because, you know, yeah. that labor and delivery desk is just like a free-for-all. Everybody's up there. They're in close quarters. They're talking to each other. They're socializing. Um, you know, private docs are coming in and out. And, you know, so we really had to give a little bit of thought to, like how do we want to restructure rounds you know and who really needs to be at rounds um and you know how do we separate those oncoming teams and offcoming teams um so that we can really keep that that distance that we are supposed to keep yeah i'd be i'm just so i'll I'll be curious about how we kind of operate not just we as a 
we, the collective we being medicine, how medicine operates and in a lot of industries in general after this, because I feel like it gives a quite a unique once in a lifetime insight to how your daily operation is. And, you know, I think there will be a lot of things that'll be different and some of it I think will be for the better. Yeah. Yeah. You hear a lot, I think uh, a lot from the restaurant business, for instance, about how, um, you know, people are probably going to be seated differently from now on and that won't be packed in shoulder to shoulder anymore. Um, and that, you know, those sorts of things will probably be longstanding changes going forward. Um, that, you know, that will be a, a remnant of, of this time. So I, I agree. I think it'll be very interesting to see, um, you know, what sort of sticks, uh, much like we might say, you know, we learned some great things about distance learning and, you know, efficient small group learning that we want to keep mm-hmm. around. But it's interesting to see from a, just from a public standpoint um, and a society standpoint, what, you know, what ends up changing for us. Right. Do we all go back to quickly to the status quo or do we adapt, adapt kind of a new way of living and how, how much or how close or how far from the status quo will that be? Be curious to yeah. see. Yeah. I mean, you guys have small kids. How are, how are your family? So, um, we're doing okay. <laughs> I think I mentioned, well, we've all talked about the Nintendo Switch lately, I think, a little bit. Um, it is <laughs> yes. highly utilized in our household. Uh, <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah. Um, but I also have <laughs> nothing again. I, I just can't deal with it. I mean, it's just fine. Just go play. Hopefully you're developing good hand-eye coordination. I've told Oliver, I've threatened him, like, you That's know right. what? You might just want to be a surgeon someday because you're going to just have such good hand-eye coordination. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's it's the Nintendo Switch at our house. A um, lot of lot of Mario Deluxe. My wife plays <laughs> it, so that helps. Um, oh wow! Then, yeah, she's we, is, is she's a big side-scrolling Mario player. <laughs> Unbeknownst, I mean, I found this out in residency. <laughs> um, but the distance learning has been good. I think we've gotten into a rhythm with it now. Um, it was hard that first week because I'm mostly working from home doing virtual consults. Um, and then we have, you know, 70-year-old plus in-laws taking care of the kids. So we don't want them to be around now that my wife is back at the hospital. We really want to minimize that contact. So creating a schedule that we can try to work around me being doing virtual consults, but then still being able to supervise. Um, so that's been a challenge, but we've kind of hit a rhythm here. Yeah. Yeah, trying to find the rhythm. That's the name of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it is easier, I think, now that, you know, they've officially, you know, made the decision about schools. I think it it was a little easier for the kids to sort of say, okay, you know, we got to we got to plug into this now for a good six weeks. Um, You know, it's not going to go away in a week or two. Um, And so I think that, you know, just that ability to to prepare yourself um, is often helpful. I think that's, you know, that's where we are in a lot with, I think the planning for the group and for the residents as well is, um, you know, you don't want to plan too far in advance because things can change, but at the same time, um, you know, people like to know to the best of their ability, what, what is coming down the pike. uh, If they can, if they can 
foresee it at all. Yeah. So anything you've learned or kind of seen with, you know, good examples of really great leadership. I think that in times of the crisis like this, we've seen a lot of great leadership um, and maybe some examples of, of not, but in our department, can you describe sort of your thoughts on that and how that's, how you've been thinking about leadership during this time? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's been, it's been very, you know, reassuring and, and honestly reaffirming. So for instance, um, as we start to plot out, you know, what would have to happen if our residents got redeployed and, you know, I sent an email out to them this morning to say, hey, I just, you know, like I need to know if you would be willing to work in a COVID unit, you know, if the call came um, that, that that was needed, um, you know, would you, would you be willing to work there? And I haven't received a single no. And literally, I feel like 30 seconds after that email went out, you know, resident after resident was emailing me back. Of course, I'll work in the unit. I'll go anywhere you need mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that yeah. that willingness, um, you know, to take on a patient population that is definitely out of their comfort zone. And I think to take on a patient population that, that you know, we know is not a zero risk proposition. Um, and I think just to a person to see them come back so quickly with that, that sort of sense of, you know, this is, this is what I do. You know, I take care of of patients, whether it's, you know, convenient for me or not, I think, um, was just really awesome to, you know, awesome to, to see from them. Um, you know, I, I think that we've had, you know, particularly on the obstetrical side and, and really on the GYN side too, you know, people who have been really involved in creating these protocols for how we're going to best take care of these patients, um, you know, how we're going to best take care of a mom and a yeah. baby, you know, if happens to have COVID-19, um, what's the right way to do that? Um, how are we going to keep the patients healthy and keep our staff healthy? And, and those, again, are decisions, you know, I mean, even when you're trying to incorporate, you know, what the CDC says, and they're changing their recommendations every 24 hours. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of really great people working. Honestly, I, I feel like 24/7 to to make those things happen and to really allow us to deliver patient care in a way uh, that is safe and efficient in in times that that are definitely challenging. Um, and then I think you know I. I love the people who are able to, to really step out and make people feel valued because I think that is, that is much harder to do now in this remote environment. Um, and so finding ways to, to build people up and finding ways to, to really make sure that they know that they are valued, uh, even when you may not be seeing them on a day-to-day basis, I think, uh, you know, when, when you see those people who are able to make maintain that connection, I think, uh, you know, it, it really, really makes you feel good inside. Yeah, that is awesome. That's a, absolutely great. And, and shout out to the schedulers too, who have helped make this happen, you know, pretty much behind the scenes and from home and all of these things that are happening are not, you know, all of the staff included in all of that, 
the makings of all of these new schedules and new policies to to get it out to all of the staff who need to know. Um, so it's, it's really been, I feel like, a very uplifting time to be part of the department and the university. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, no, it has been great. I mean, people are definitely doing things they have never been asked to do before. Uh, you bring up a great point about the schedulers and even, honestly, too, the patients. Right. Yeah. Um, who have shown a lot of flexibility in, you know, whether it's postponing a surgery that they had planned to do or, you know, coming in at a different time or changing an in-person visit to a video visit. Um, you know, they all, I think, you know, appreciate what we're going through and, and have shown a lot of flexibility as well. So, um, you know, it, it, it's been really, really good to see on, on multiple different fronts. Thank you, Eric. You're a sports guy. How do you, you know, for the one, I mean, for me, first time, you know, 9-11, sports was still for a couple of days and then it started back up. Um, Persian Gulf War 91, we had the Super Bowl pretty much, you know, like sports has always been there to distract us from these kind of things, but it's not here now. And other forms of entertainment too, not to just kind of limit it to sports. How have you, like, have you realized, like, oh, I don't need this, this ESPN as much as I thought I did? Or how have you responded? And, like, I'm curious, has, has that, res I mean, are you just like, I'm just so busy, who cares, whatever, even if it was going on, I wouldn't care. I'm curious what you, what your reaction is to the sports world grinding to a halt. Yeah, so it has been interesting. I, I definitely think that, um, you know, like, so. I'm also fortunate that my wife is a big sports fan. And so we, you know, that was definitely one of the things that we shared. And I would say it would not be unusual in the evening, you know, a basketball game would be on or a baseball game would be on. Or, you know, if the TV was on. It was almost always going to be on to some sort of sporting event. Uh, and that is definitely not the case now. Neither of us are particularly invested in seeing the Masters from 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but uh, it doesn't hold the same allure. Um, but, you know, so I, I do think part of it honestly has been that we have just been so busy that the TV doesn't go on um, because I feel like oftentimes, especially if I've had a day where I've been seeing patients, um, then there's probably another two or three hours of something to catch up on at home um, that needs to get disseminated before I go back to work the next day. So part of it is, is just related to that. Um, but it is interesting. You know, I, I haven't missed it, I guess, as much as I thought I would. Um, I still, you know, read the sports page of the paper every day, which is now much thinner than it used to be. <laughs> um, it is an interesting, I think, societal question as you hear about all of the different groups talking about how would they get back to playing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just an interesting dialogue of obviously there's money to be made by restarting your sports league. Um, right. But, you know, there is some trepidation and I think jeopardy in, in the thought that if you come back too early, um, you know, that could be extremely, you know, unsafe and problematic. So um, those sorts of questions sort of fascinate me as you see like baseball and basketball try to figure out how they would restart. Um, because I think, you know, unlike the other things that you said where, you know, maybe they took a weekend off or a week off to, you know, to sort of mourn a particular event. Uh, and then it was 
you know, came back and is all, was almost part of the healing. Um, you know, this is not a pandemic, I think, where you have a quick, a quick off switch. Uh, and so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they continue to, to work through those decisions. Yeah, I've been, I've been really impressed just in general when I, oh, we have, when I heard we have to do social distancing, I don't know, Americans, we like to kind of drum to, you know, march to our own beat. But it sounds like, you know, their assumptions about what percent of the U.S. would be doing it is was far lower than what um, has actually been happening. So we've been kind of doing pretty good with that. So I'll be curious to see, because I don't think anyone's really rushing to try to get football back or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I'm not like, oh, I really need to have I just really need to have the XFL. Or I just really need to have the NBA right now. I mean, <laughs> You know, it's really supposed anyway, to be baseball season. It's really the big question is, are we going to see the Cardinals at all this year? But yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I just, just don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it is, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, you talk about, okay, well, when are we okay to go back to a group of 10 or a group of 15? Um, it's a little harder to take, I think, to take that leap to, okay, when are we okay to have a group of 50,000? Yeah, different different um, numbers, different scales here. You know, there's, there's, a different inherent risk there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this, Eric. This is great. Oh my gosh. No, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad we were able yeah. to work it out. You, you said you had, you said you had two, real quick. You said you had two meetings. You, you, you got two meetings now. You got two more to go. How many meetings a day do you have in relation to what you had before? Oh, the, innumerable <laughs> more meetings <laughs> I would say. three times as many oh absolutely i mean i think it's just you know because you have so many different things that you're trying to to update so yeah you know we had a meeting this i had a meeting with our office manager this morning about you know how can we better um you know utilize the telehealth visits because i think um you know that's that's one area where i really want us to you know, take better advantage of because the more of those visits we have, the, you know, the, the more not just revenue we generate, but honestly, the more people we keep employed, um, you know, in terms of our MAs and scheduling staff. And I think, you know, as you look to people who might be having to take some, some paid time off or things like that, you would, you would love to keep, you know, some sort of patient flow either in person or remotely, um, you know, so that people don't, don't have to dip into that time. So, you know, that was the first meeting. And then that followed with a meeting with all of our scheduling staff to try to figure out, you know, how can they operationalize that? Um, later after we finish up, we're talking about rolling the resident schedule out um, beyond the first six weeks that we had initially created it and how to do that in a way that is, you know, hopefully fair, but also um, giving people the, you know, the breaks that they need from the inpatient you know, workflow that I think is a little bit more stressful. So, um, you know, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot more moving parts now than, uh, than we had a month ago for sure. <laughs> Definitely juggling it all. Well, so thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you think I'm juggling it all well, because there, there are days I have my well. doubts. <laughs> well you, you all you can do is what's in front i mean one of the themes that we seem to be echoing in this podcast is all you can do is what's right in front of you i think 
I think we've been kind of crediting Andrea and or <laughs> Hannah Ware with that sentiment. I'm giving it um, to Hannah for sure. And, and yeah. it, but also just thank you. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> doing all the meetings so that things continue to run smoothly. Thank you for, you know, continuing to keep the residents in line and, and inspiring them and all of that. I mean, it makes a big difference. So we do want to give, you know, the shout out to you as well for all that you're doing to keep things going and running smoothly. No, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, whenever we are able to relax our social distancing, I am, I am looking forward to a, a big soiree where we can you know, <laughs> honestly celebrate everybody's, everybody's good work, because I think it, you know, it's not something that any one person can pull. Well, I'm going to so, come by Zoom, um, um, you know, like even in, puzzle in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of latching on to Zoom right now. It's like the only way I'm going to ever be social again. Um. No, I know. I mean, my family has right. Zoom meetings now, you know, where, exactly. which which we should have done a long time ago because we're all in different cities. But uh, I'm like, if I can get my 82-year-old mom on Zoom, I can get anybody on and Zoom. That I know my parents, did, my parents were on Skype. My dad's 80. And I'm like, man, it just, I mean, we could have done this five years ago but i guess right this works oh. <laughs> awesome we'll have a good rest of the day and hopefully your meetings continue to go smoothly um and it is saturday so hopefully you don't have too many more and you can enjoy the holiday weekend with your kids yeah no thanks so much you guys <laughs> thanks so much for having me you're yeah, welcome thanks, Eric. take thanks, care guys Andrea. are killing it with the wellness podcast i love these <laughs> it's andrea no, man i'm just trying to get uh, you know draw it out eric. Of <laughs>